Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Jim Prido had given young Bill Roach the job of lookout. This sign of favor from a teacher gave the boy a purpose in life, something Thurscott's Academy had so far failed to achieve. That night after prep, Roach approached Prido's dilapidated caravan. Light spilled through a gap in the curtains. If the boy stood on tiptoe, he could just see inside. Jim Prido was twisted around, struggling to change the dressing on his shoulder. Two bullet holes, only half healed, were ugly and weeping. But there was something else that drew the boy's frightened gaze. Unless he was very much mistaken, unless he had quite lost his mind, in fact... Lying on the table in clear view was a shiny black revolver. Whoa! Who's there? Don't shoot! It's me, sir. Please don't shoot. Shoot? What's up, Jumbo? Why the devil would I shoot you? What with? I... uh... Are you all right? That knee. Scraped it, have you? Only a bit, sir. I'm fine, really. Only a bit? Man of steel, Jumbo is, brave soldier. Why aren't you in dorm? There's someone asking where you live, sir. What sort of someone? Man someone? Woman? Juju man? He asked at Mrs. McCullum's. He said he was your friend. He's in his car. It's parked in the churchyard. He's just sitting in it. Tall friend? Tall, thin, sloppy kind of fella? No. He's a fat man. Overcoat. Spectacles. boy, Jumbo. Nobody ever watched like you. Good man. Who is it, sir? Is it a friend? Don't you worry about that. Cut along now. Dorm. Only I could come with you if you want. Keep an eye out, just in case. You would too, wouldn't you? No, you go in. I can manage a fat man in spectacles. All right, but please be careful. Off you go. Oh, I'll be careful, all right, Jumbo. Hello, Jim. God damn you, George Smiley. Who is it you've had watching me? His name's Mendel, a friend of mine, former special bond. He isn't bad. I'll tell him, if we please. I have some questions, Jim. Do you have any school duties before the morning? You're making one hell of an assumption. If you want to know things, read my file. Get it from Control. Control's dead, Jim. And I was set out long before you came back from Czechoslovakia. Control gone. Heart, was it? Didn't anyone bother to tell you this? Yes, it was his heart. Who got the job? Oh, my goodness, Jim. What did you all talk about at Sarah's? It wasn't you, was it, if they threw you out? I have a bottle of scotch in the glove compartment. Get in, Jim, please. It's important. You're going to drive somewhere? Do you want me to? Not particularly. Have a drink, Jim. It's single malt. I've drawn a line. That's what they told me to do. Draw a line, make a new life, forget the whole thing. I tried that, too. I came to see you. Just before I left for Cheka, you'd gone away. Control sent me to Berlin. To get me out of the light, I'm pretty sure. Why didn't you come and see me when you got back? What happened to the Cheko networks after? Pribble and his family. Hank and Ava, the others. They were all shot. Holy God. You recruited them, didn't you, in the old days? A clean shooting, was it? No torture? I can't say. The secret police rolled up both networks the same night. 
next to kin were told they were dead. That usually means they are. The story is you blew the networks to save your own skin. Oh. No, I don't believe it, but I have to know what happened. I've been questioned to death. I understand. You've pushed some things so far down you can hardly find them anymore. We've all done it, Jim. I need you to remember. Oh, if you want to ring Lakin for authorization, he's standing by. Operation Testify, Jim. I wouldn't ask if it wasn't vital. Control contacted me. Asked me to meet him away from the circus, a private flat in St. James's. Top secret, he said. Say nothing to anyone. You know what he could be like. So I went to the flat. I didn't like the way he looked, not at all. Yellow, like jaundice. He was already ill. He asked me a lot of questions. Why do you want to know this, George? It's ancient history now. The trouble is, Jim, I don't think it is. Tell me everything you can remember about that meeting with Control. Any detail, however trivial. All right. I'll do my best. He poured me a dry sherry. What Czech identities have you got running at the moment? Just the one. Journalist based in Paris, Vladimir Hayek. Papers still good? As far as I know. I've got a job for you. If you're caught, keep me out of it. Say it's a scalp hunter ploy, a bit of private enterprise. <laughs> Who's going to believe that? You'll have to make them, won't you? All right, all right. It has to be a Czech speaker, and I want one of the old crowd. You, Jim. Your loyalties haven't shifted, have they? No. What's the job? <laughs> I can't do it if I don't know, can I? A Czech general of artillery, name of Stefcek, cover name Testify. He wants to talk to a ranking officer of the circus on matters of mutual interest. On Saturday, October the 21st, Stevcek will be at a hunting lodge in the mountains near Brno, alone. He will supply an escort to and from the city. Why? There was a girlfriend, 20 years his junior. He was having a last spring, till the Russians shot her. The old, old story. He's bitter. If we can give him assurances and fix the trade routes, he's ready to sell. Sell what, exactly? Defence material, rocketry, ballistics, a bit of politics. And? <laughs> oh, come on, I can hear the bloody and. What Stefcek really wants to sell us is the name of Moscow Centre's mole inside the circus. You're serious, aren't you? I need the name, Jim. It's one of five people, one of the top five in the circus. Alaline, Hayden, Bland, Esterhazy, or Smiley. One word. That's all it will be in the end. One word. Like a scream in the dark. What word? A code name. Let's decide on it now. Something known just to you and me. Colours, perhaps? Red, green, blue? Or composers? What about cherry stones? Tinker Taylor, soldier, sailor. Good, that's good. Tinker Taylor. If there's any fumble after you meet Stefcek, if you have to go underground for any reason, you have to get the word back to me. You have to. Even if you go to Prague and chalk it on the door of the embassy. Righto. So who's what? Percy Allerline, Tinker. Bill Hayden, Taylor. 
Roy Bland can be soldier. We should drop sailor. Rhymes with Taylor. Could be confused. Good. I really can't contemplate Toby Esterhazy as rich man, much as he'd be flattered. Poor man, then. <laughs> and Smiley? <laughs> Beggar man. No, I don't think he really suspected you. Of course he did. It would have been foolish not to. If there was a mole in the circus. Exactly. If. Did you not believe it? It wasn't for me to question, was it? Why not? You've turned enough members of other outfits. Why should the British have an exclusive claim on patriotism? Rationally, we've always accepted that sooner or later there would be a traitor. No, I didn't believe it. All right. What happened next? I booked a flight to Copenhagen under an old work name. But instead I flew to Paris, switched to my Hayek papers and got a flight to Prague. All was well till I got to Central Station. Then I got a twitch. Mm, more than a twitch. About the two women in the queue ahead of me. What did you do? <laughs> exactly what you do, George. Watchers may change their hats and coats, their bags and even their facial hair, but in subarctic weather they don't like changing their shoes. I'd seen those women's shoes before that day. I reckon if they were going to arrest me, they'd have done it by now. They wanted my contacts. So I got on the slow train to Bona. It called at every other lamppost. Each time I could pick out the hoods. At some one-horse place, I got out and bought myself a sausage. There they were. Five men spread down the tiny platform, pretending to chat to one another. Damn fools. There's one store in Borneo Main Square that sells everything. The women followed me in. I stole a fur hat and a white plastic raincoat and a carrier bag to put them in. I loitered in the men's department till I could confirm the women hadn't called for the men to take over yet. I popped into the gents. <coughs> I moved fast, damn fast. I put the white raincoat over my overcoat, popped the fur hat on and ran like hell down the emergency staircase. There was a fire door. I smashed it open onto the alley. They didn't follow. I'd lost them. It didn't cross your mind to drop the job? No. Although, right from the start, you thought the mission was compromised. You just went on deeper and deeper into the jungle. Yes. Why? Curiosity, was that it? Did you want passionately to know who the mole was? Or who it wasn't? What the hell do you mean? I'm only speculating, Jim. Were you afraid the mole was someone close to you? What does it matter what the motive was? I made the rendezvous. A black Fiat number plate starting 9-9. The driver was a bastard magia. The word code went fine. You look tired. Is everything all right? Dr. Zikal. I can't drive more than three hours at a stretch. Long journeys are a strain on the heart. Wash pistol, eh? No, no, I haven't got a gun. Get in. In the front, not in the back. It's undemocratic. I sit in the back or I don't get in the car. Oh, please yourself, boy. We drove out of Burno up into the mountains. A pine forest thick with snow. Beautiful, I suppose. The light was fading. You've brought instructions for the general? I brought nothing. I've just come to listen. Uh, when we reach the lodge, there will be no sign of life. 
The general will be inside. You go in first. I'll wait in car. Why don't we go in together? Because the general doesn't want us to. The winding track was steep and tree-lined. We were running downhill when the Magyar cut the engine. He pulled on the handbrake and I smashed his head against the window and took his gun. We were at the opening to a side path. Thirty yards down it lay a wooden hut. Bastard! This is what we'll do. You'll wear my hat and coat and you'll take the walk for me. Take it slowly, keep your hands linked behind your back and keep to the middle of the path. If you fail to do any of those things, I'll shoot you. When you reach the hut, go inside and tell the general I'm indulging in an elementary precaution. Then come back for me. It's not the plan. You don't have a lot of choice. If there's any monkey business, I'll turn the headlights on and shoot you along the beam. Okay. Okay. The snow was deep. I watched him walk slowly towards the hut. Go on now. Make me trust you. You bloody bastards! Exploded. It was like a bloody military tattoo, a ridiculous Hollywood film. There's too many people, too much drama. I was shot twice, both times in the right shoulder. I felt like they'd taken my arm off. My one thought as they dumped me on a stretcher and the lights went out was that I wished I'd broken that damn Magyar's neck. The ambulance went north, as far as I could tell. I don't know how far I kept blacking out. They injected me with something. I know they moved me a lot. Um, ambulance, lorry, plane. How long before the interrogation started? Jim? Um, about 72 hours after they'd patched me up, I, th I think. What form did the torture take? Oh, God damn you. Want to take a break? No. No, ask your damn questions. The torture. White light. Constant. A blackout hood sometimes for hours at a time. There was no night or day. No sleep. Relays of questions, a lot of disorientation, a lot of muscle. Yeah. Most of the muscle was done electrically. How long for? Until you pass out. And they hose you down and start again. Till you either go a bit dotty or you break completely. <laughs> you hope you'll go dotty. It's not something you can decide for yourself. Look, I had a strategy, like we're taught. I'd give them Steph check. Obviously they knew about him. Recent scalp hunter operations, circus tittle-tattle. I'd let him beat it out of me. Make him think he'd broke me when I'd give him the names of Soviets who'd turned or burned. What I wouldn't tell him, ever, was about the networks. Or the mole. No meeting with control. No service flat in St. James's. No Tinker Taylor. I'd never give him that. Him? <laughs> the little frosty man. Small. 
neat like a fox. Dark eyes. When the big session started, there was an audience, all men, at one end of the room, and the little frosty man. What did you give him? Not the networks. I never blew those. The mole? He knew all about it. Control, the flat in St. James's. <laughs> he even knew the brand of the bloody sherry. <laughs> what did you give them, Jim? <laughs> Eleline? Tinker? Hidden? Taylor. Bland. Soldier. Estasi. Poor man. And smiling. Bigger man. Bigger man. Look at this. It's smiley's later. To George with all my love, Anne. So. After Bill Hayden's fling with her, and Smiley might care to redraft the inscription. Oh, God of hell. God of bloody hell. If you had one Bill Hayden in your town outfit, you could call it Sand Match. Sorry, George, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go weak at the knees because some Russian hood made a bad joke about me. After that, I was taken to a camp. Within a couple of weeks, I was able to walk with the guard's help. It was a big camp. The compound I was in was only part of it. At night, I could see the glow of a city to the east. They kept interrogating me, but it was nothing like the first 11. Then one night, I was taken to a military airport and flown by RAF fighter to Inverness, then by van to Serrat. After Operation Testify, Control was disgraced, and he couldn't pursue his mole, assuming there was one. No, there was a mole, all right. He set me up, and I'll never bloody forget it. Uh, Testify did something else, too. It revealed to the Russians, through you, actually, the exact reach of Control's suspicions. That it narrowed the field to five, but apparently no further. What happened when you got back to Sarat? Uh, the Inquisitors never appeared. I thought Control was holding them off. Eventually, someone did come. Bloody Toby. Bloody poor man. I fear, Jim. In the circus, you are the number one leper, currently. Nice suit, Toby. You've come up in the world. <laughs> you see, as a result of Operation Testify, the circus almost went under. A major reorganization is taking place. Whitehall insisted. But I don't want you to worry. About what? A few people know the real story, and it's being taken care of at the highest of levels. You mustn't approach anyone or tell your story. It might spoil the kill, you see. The long plan. The circus is back on the road now. Forget about controls, tinkers, tailors, moles. The whole damn game. I brought you something. That's a lot of money. A thousand pounds? To add to your pension. 
to shut me up? Who's it from? Just drop out, all right? You're lucky. Don't you see that? You're being ordered to drop out and become a lotus eater. Just obey orders and forget. Do you hear me? Toby actually mentioned Tinker Tailor to you. And angry, too. Like he had something to hide. Did Bill get in touch? He was abroad. Who told you that? Toby. And you haven't seen Bill since testify? Your oldest, closest friend? I was out of bounds. Quarantine. Bill was never much of one for regulations, though, was he? And you could never see him straight. Bill is a great man. No one's better. I knew that the first day at Oxford. I'm sorry I wasn't there when you called on me before you left for Czechoslovakia. What was it you wanted? Nothing. Thought Czechia might be a bit hairy. Thought I'd give you the nod. Say goodbye. Did you give anyone else the nod? Toby, Bill, Roy Bland, did he get the nod? It wasn't... It wasn't advice or anything you wanted, was it? I should be getting back to school now, George. Yes, yes, of course. You can draw that line now. You aren't Gerald, then? No. Do you know who is? I'm fairly confident I know who isn't. Did George say what time he'd be back? He just said meet him here. Shouldn't take this long to drive up from Dorset. You're both here, good. That's a lot to do. I was getting worried. Do you want coffee? Peter's making some. Excellent, yes, please. When you've done that, Peter, I want you to pick up Ricky Tarr, drive him to Liverpool, put him on a plane to Paris. I need him to send a message, and I need him out of the country when he does. We must get him to Paris by this evening. You can bring Fawn back here. Right. As soon as Ricky's in the air, set up a meeting with Toby Esterhazy this afternoon, four o'clock. You should be back by then. Do the scalp hunters still have safe houses? There's one in Lexham Gardens we can use. Good. Invent something to tempt Toby there. Mendel? Mr Smiley. You're going to have a lot of waiting about, I'm afraid. Waiting and watching. Watching the funnies? Who could ask for more? Walk! Don't run! Jumbo? Sir? Everything all right, Jumbo? Yes, sir. Who was the man, sir, in the churchyard? Travelling salesman. Sent him backing. Look, just wanted to say cheerio. You going away? Afraid so, old chap. Had a telegram. It's my mother, see? She's dying. You'll come back, though. If I can. Just wanted to say, um... You've been damn good, Jumbo. A hell of a watcher. I'm grateful. Oh. Th thank you, sir. It wasn't anything. Really, it wasn't. How are we then, Toby? Fine, Peter, actually. Good. Have you checked to see if Toby has a gun? I'm just about to. Now, really? Toby, let Peter pat you down, please. He's clean. Did he come alone, or is there some little friend waiting in the road? Fawn says he's all clear. I'm not so sure. Why? Seen something? Just a shadow, I suppose. Shall we all sit down? You're in quarantine, George. I cannot speak to you. It is not personal. You don't have to speak, Toby. Just listen. There's no risk in that. Maybe. I 
want to put a thesis to you. It's two years ago, Control is sick and past his prime. Percy Alleline wants his job but can't dislodge him. Remember that time? Mm -hmm. Somebody comes to see Percy one morning. We'll call him Gerald, shall we? Percy, says Gerald, I've stumbled on a major Russian source. Now, Percy's not an expert on Russia, but Gerald is. So Percy listens carefully. Gerald says, this source, who we'll call Merlin, could be the richest the circus has had for years. What a pity control isn't up to it anymore. Then he says, in my thesis, of course, it's just a thesis. Sure, George. Yes, Gerald says to Percy, I and a group of like-minded souls would like you to act as our father figure. We're operators. We don't understand the Whitehall jungle like you do. If you handle the committees, we'll supply the goods. They talk over how this might be done, then Gerald leaves Percy to fret for a bit. I don't know how long, but long enough for Percy to realise the bargaining power Merlin would give him in the circus. When Gerald produces Merlin's first sample, it's very good. Percy's admiralty friends get very excited. Forgive me if I'm a little wide of the mark here and there, Toby, but I've only got the file to go on. You've seen the file? Gerald has drawn two others into the magic circle by this time. Little by little, Gerald explained to Percy and these other two that Merlin, this fount of all intelligence, isn't just one source. No, he's the spokesman of a dissident group. He collates their intelligence and gives it to the West. Merlin was very impressive here. He used secret writing, microdots stuck over full stops on innocent-looking letters, dead letterboxes in Western capitals, all the tricks of the trade. No clandestine radio, though. Merlin doesn't like it. He must have been taking lessons from Carla, mustn't he? You know how Carla hates radio. George! And what does Merlin want in return? Something wholly understandable. 20,000 francs a month into a Swiss bank. Who wouldn't bend a few egalitarian principles for that? Ever bought a fake picture? I sold a couple once. Ah, well, then you'll understand. The more you pay for it, the less inclined you are to doubt its authenticity. Silly, but there we are. So, Whitehall pays Merlin a fortune and calls his intelligence priceless. Then, one day, Gerald admits Percy to the greatest secret of all. Someone here in London is ready and able to act as Merlin's London representative. If every imaginable precaution is taken, it is even possible for Gerald to arrange clandestine meetings with this wonder man now and then. It's the start, I should tell you now, of a very clever knot. I'm not hearing anything. Let's call this someone Alexei Alexandrovich Polyakov, and we'll pretend he's a cultural attaché at the Soviet Embassy. Are you with me? I didn't hear anything. I've gone deaf. And the way that knot is tied, the London end of the witchcraft operation, is a very special secret. Who knows about it? Why, just the magic circle. Percy, Bill Hayden, Roy Bland and you, Toby. How does it all work, I wonder, in practical terms? There's a house, we know that, used only for Polyarkov, paid for on the witchcraft budget. Meetings that are very elaborately arranged. Who meets him, Toby? Who handles Polyarkov? Roy? Bill? You? Perhaps everyone does. On different occasions, each in your different areas. You, Toby, being head lamplighter, would have plenty to talk to Polyakov about, tradecraft and 
the useful little snippets about goings-on in the Russian embassy. A little training with a camera and Polyakov could be very useful to you. You might run to quite a few reels of film. Tell me, Toby, please, is Lapin a name to you? Sure, George. Lapin worked for Polyakov, his legman. What on earth is a cultural attaché doing with his own legman? Listen, George, I do as I'm told. I am loyal. I got my promotion. Who said Connie Sachs had to be pushed out? I think it was Percy, OK? But who told Percy? You know how it is in a big operation. Shoes to men, pots to clean, always a thing going. Maybe it was Roy, eh? Bill, maybe. I don't remember. You take orders from all of them, do you? That's very indiscriminate. Who sent you to Sarat with a thousand quid in notes and a brief to put Jim Priddo's mind at rest? It's only facts I'm after, Toby, not scalps. You know me, I'm not vindictive. I don't doubt you're a very loyal fellow. It's just a question of who you're loyal to. Oh, for God's sake, let me sweat the bastard. George, please. Who gave you the message for Jim about Tinker Taylor? Did you know what it meant? I don't remember. Percy must have ordered it, even if it was Roy who gave me the money. Roy or Bill, it means nothing. You think so? Did you have it straight from Polyakov, was that it? Of course it wasn't Polyakov. Polly's our mole in Moscow Centre, a double agent. Come on, George, you're not a child. Think how many operations we've ran this way. We buy Polyakov, he's our Joe. But he's got to pretend to Moscow that he's spying on us. How else does he walk into our house all day? No gorillas, no babysitters. So we give him chicken feed, he can pass home, so everyone in Moscow can pat him on the back. So, who is Polyakov's agent inside the circus? Come on, if Polyakov's cover for meeting you people is that he is spying on the circus, then he must have a circus spy, mustn't he? So who is he? You? Toby Esterhazy masquerades as a circus traitor in order to keep Polyakov in business. Whew. My hat, Toby, that's worth a whole handful of medals. You're on a damn long road, George. What happens if you don't reach the other end? The big three give you the chicken feed. You hand it to Polyakov. Moscow thinks Toby is all theirs. Everyone's happy. The only problem is when it turns out you've been handing Polyakov the crown jewels and getting chicken feed in return. If that should turn out to be the case, you're going to need pretty good friends, Toby. Friends like us. That's how my thesis ends, in case you hadn't worked it out. Gerald is a Russian mole run by Carla, and he's pulled the circus inside out. I'm not Gerald. I don't think you're Gerald, Toby. I don't think you're up to it. There is no Gerald. The idea is crazy. No, it's not. I wish it were, but it's not. And you know that as well as I do. George, listen. If you're wrong, I don't want to be wrong too. Get me? I do what they tell me, okay? I'm in a very dangerous situation. For me, very dangerous indeed. I get ulcers, I can't eat. Very bad predicament. We work it all out. Hours on end, I sit with Polyakov pretending to be his mole. Listen, I say. Bill is suspecting me. My wife is suspecting me. My kids got measles and I can't pay the doctor. All that crap the agents give you, I give to Polly so he can pass it home for real. And Tinker Taylor? I don't know what the hell that is. I do what Percy tells me. Percy told you to square Jim Prado? To make sure he doesn't say anything to anyone about what happened in Czechoslovakia? To buy him off? Maybe. Maybe it was Bill or Roy, maybe. I got to eat, George. Understand? I don't cut my throat two ways. Follow me. Poor Toby. 
What a time you must have had, running between them all, pretending to be a traitor. While all the time there was a real traitor. It would be beautiful in another context. Naturally, if there is anything I can do of a practical nature, you know me, George, I'm always pleased to help. Of course you are, Toby. My boys are pretty well trained. You want to borrow them? All I want, I want to get this thing cleared up for the sake of the circus. That's all I want. The good of the firm. Where is this house you keep exclusively for Polyakov? Five Lock Gardens, Camden Town. With a caretaker? Mrs. McCraig used to be a listener. Yes, I know her. Is it built-in audio? What do you think? Millie McCraig keeps house and man's recording instruments. Yes. I want you to telephone her and tell her I'm staying the night tonight and I'll want to use the equipment. Tell her she's to do whatever I ask. I'll be around about nine. What's the procedure for contacting Polyakov if you want a crash meeting? My boys have a house on Haverstock Hill. Polly drives past twice a day on his way to and from the embassy. If they put up a yellow poster protesting against traffic, that's the signal. Would it raise eyebrows at the circus if you took the weekend off? No. I'm sure you'd prefer to be out of it anyway, wouldn't you? Say you're having girl trouble or whatever sort of trouble you're in these days. You'll spend the night here. Form will look after you. You can telephone your wife once you've called Mrs. McCraig. If you give Fawn any trouble, he'll tie you up. No trouble. Thank you, George. Thank you, Peter. Peter, I need you to watch my back. What's wrong? I think I'm being followed. I was followed here. But I don't believe Toby brought a babysitter. Who then? Is it a team? I don't think so. Give me a couple of minutes, then pick me up on the corner of Marlowe's Road, heading north. Stick to the western pavement. Short of Abingdon Villas, I'll cross over. Look for a solo. But look. I waited, as George said, then went after him. It was drizzling, a filthy night, where lights shone and the tarmac glittered. I crossed to the western pavement, bought a paper, walked at a leisurely pace, by the book, every damn move. I counted off pedestrians, cyclists, cars. Smiley looked just like a Londoner going home. Nobody could blend with a crowd like Smiley. Then suddenly, he pulled up, as if he'd forgotten something. He stepped dangerously into the road, then scuttled off towards the door of an off-license. Just then I saw, or thought I saw, someone step after him. All I got was an impression, a tall figure, crooked somehow, a dark coat and hat. But then a bus blocked my view. When it moved on, there was nothing. I trailed Smiley through Kensington for a bit. Once, only once, I had the idea there was a third figure walking with us. A shadow thrown across the brickwork of an empty street. But when I started forward, it was gone. The night had its own madness after that. Not till days afterwards did I realize the figure, or the shadow of it, had struck a familiar chord. Where are the mics, Millie? Mrs. McCraig to you. I'm particular who uses my Christian name. You can trust Peter. I'll be the judge, Mr. Smiley. The mics? In pairs, bedded into the walls behind the wallpaper. Two pairs to each room. Each pair is connected to a separate recorder. Uh, where are they? The top floor. There's nothing else up there. The Russian gentleman, Mr. Jefferson, is it? He knows about this? Mr. Jefferson is run on a basis of trust, yes. How are the recorders controlled? The lights. They're all double switches. Any time Jefferson or one of the boys wants to record, he turns down the left-hand switch. From then on, the system is voice-activated. The tape deck doesn't run unless someone is speaking. 
And where are you while all this goes on, Millie? In my quarters in the basement. What are the safety procedures? Two full milk bottles on the doorstep, you may come in. All's well. No milk bottles and you're not to enter. Once the door's been opened, the belly's rung twice. That's how I know it's one of us, one of my boys. What are you doing? Stop him, Mr Smiley. If you have any worries, Millie, any worries at all, you're to phone Oliver Lakin at the Cabinet Office on this number. Yeah, this is easy, George. I can turn the left-hand switch upside down so it's on where it looks to be off. I really think you Go should leave... Peter. I'm going to phone Mr Lakin. Let's try it out, shall we? Embassy out. Oh, bloody hell. Ricky Tarr. You're all I bloody need. Steve McElvore. How's life in gay Paris? Always liked a bit of ooh-la-la, as I recall. The whole service is looking for you, you know that. We're supposed to do blood-curdling things to you on sight. Ooh, I'm wetting myself. Put the gun down, Ricky, you don't need it. Thanks, Steve, but I'll stay as I am. Think of it less as a nine-millimeter and more as a security blanket. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Napoleon? Napoleon lost. You're going to send a message to the circus for me. Then we'll sit and wait for Percy to answer. I hope your kitchen's well stocked. <clears throat> it had started to rain steadily. In Cambridge Circus, Mendel watched from the third floor of a clothes shop opposite the theatre. There was only one entrance to the circus at night. It saved on janitors. Mendel stood the way coppers stand the world over, weight on both feet equally, legs straight, leaning slightly backwards. He could have stayed like that for one hour or six. Are you all right? It's like being back on the beat. Scent of the hunt in your nostrils. Something like that. If we're on schedule, Ricky transmitted his message to London Station about 20 minutes ago. Nothing yet. No, hang on. Here's a cab. Looks like the tinker's clocking in. How does he look? Busy. So he should be. Deciphered it yet? Almost. Come on, Steve. Don't mess me about. Personal fatar from Adeline. I positively require clarification and/or trade samples before meeting your request. Quote: Information vital to safeguarding of the service. Unquote. Does not qualify. Stop. Urge you confide McElvoy immediately. Repeat immediately. Stop, Chief. That's the way, Percy boy. Yes, repeat no. Now why he's stalling, Steve, darling? He's sizing me up to shoot me in the bloody back. You've got a persecution complex, Ricky. It's how he got my rusky girl. He's playing the same tune. I warn you, Steve, there's some damn lousy people in this outfit. Don't you trust them? Or you'll never grow up big and strong. Taylor's just gone in. And hey, look, he's soldier boy too. Proper gathering in the clans. All we need to know now is who comes out. Where's Gwilym? Outside in the street. When you tell me Gerald's on his way, I'll signal to him. Four flashes. Don't hang up, Mendel. Keep the line open. I know the drill. So, George, almost there. You've almost found Gerald. And... I don't know why I was thinking about you. You seem rather glum about it. Dreaming the impossible. Poor Toad. I'm frightened, Anne. Of what? How people will be affected. Jim, Sam Collins, Connie, all the others. 
the loyalties, the causes they believed in, the love they gave, all betrayed. Or maybe love between human beings doesn't mean anything in the end. Perhaps it's all some sort of self-delusion. And <sighs> and answer came there none. Hang on, here's something. What? Oh, sorry, just a couple of drunks. Have you checked your gun? I'll check it again. I remember doing this hundreds of times on the trot in the night range at Sarat before the war. Always shoot with two hands, sir. One to hold the gun and one the magazine, sir. Do you still think you're being followed? I see nothing, hear nothing. It's only a feeling. But I've lived my life trusting feelings like this. The shadow you never see. The gaze of the hidden watcher that makes the back of your neck tingle. Perhaps it's metaphorical. Your past creeping up on you. No. A coincidence, then? In my profession, there is no such thing as coincidence. Who's Gerald? We'll know soon. You know already, George. All of you know it's a sort of half-knowledge you can't express. Like an illness you hope will go away if it's never diagnosed. There must be proof. Of course, but still, you know. One gone. Hello, Mr Smiley? I'm here. Someone's come out of the circus. Who? Can't see his face. Mendel. Sorry, uh, could be any one of them. Macintosh and that, he's moving fast. Must have ordered the cab to the door and stepped straight into it. Which way is he heading? North, your way. One, two, three, four, four flashes. Gerald's on his way. Here we go then. Come on, Pete, you know the drill. The mole arrives first. The mole plays host. That's protocol. Part of the pretense of Polyakov is Gerald's agent. Here we go. Turn around. Let's see your bloody face. That will mean it's us, Billy McCraig said. One of us. One of my boys. My boys. Her boys. Connie's boys. Carla's boys. Don't come into the scullery, Gerald. You'll get a nasty surprise. That was quick. My comrade Polyakov's eager tonight. Our cover story in case we are disturbed. Lovely voice, Polly. Just like Connie said. Mellow. What's our fault like? Usual Speak up, Gerald. Come on now. Oh, have you anything on you you would prefer me to be carrying during our talk? Bearing in mind that I have diplomatic immunity. No, nothing. It's a catechism, that's all. Part of Carla's school routine. Uh, is the switch up? Will you please check? Thank you. We don't want this to be recorded, do we? I'm sure you don't. <clears throat> so, what will you drink? Scotch, please. A bloody big one. Bill Hayden. Listen, we've got this telegram from Tar. Bill Hayden. Bill has betrayed us all, betrayed me as a colleague, a patriot, 
my friend and Anne's lover, Jim's friend, and for all I know, Jim's lover too. I don't think I can grasp it, not yet. Anne, you were right. We knew, all of us, Control and Connie and Jim, even Toby. Did you know? Is that the shadow that fell between us? the street, the machinery put into action. You bastard! You bloody, bloody bastard! That's enough, Peter! Bastard! Peter, leave Bill alone or form will make you. Stop it, Peter! It's done! It's over! Thank you, George. Bill, Mr Polyarkov, please raise your hands and place them on your heads. Percy Allerlein will be here shortly. And then almost before we knew it, everyone had gone. Bill in a van, taken to Sarat for debriefing. Laken and Allerlein and Bland off to assuage the minister. Till there was just George and Mendel and me in a messed-up room in a redundant safe house while Millie McCraig made tea. You were pretty upset, Peter. Yes, I surprised myself a bit. We all admired Bill. You're not the only one. I always wanted to be like him. If Bill's a traitor... There's no if, Peter. The worst of it is, I can't hate him. I want to, but I can't. Hate the treason, not the man. Not making excuses for him, are you? Of course not. But Bill was brought up to rule. His visions and vanities were all fixed on the world's game. He couldn't take the reality of a poor island with a voice that can hardly carry across the water. Let's go home now. Let's go home and try to sleep. Percy Allerlein was dispatched on indefinite leave. Bland and Esterhazy were suspended pending further inquiry. A telegram was dictated to Ricky Tarr, saying he could return home with honour. There was even talk of my being rescued from Brixton. Smiley was asked to go back to the circus for a while and help sweep up what was left. On the third day, Lakin asked Smiley to go to Sarat. Bill Hayden had asked to see him. Smiley drove out into the countryside in his nondescript car and wished he could drive forever and not arrive. I look awful, don't I? Fairly dreadful, yes. Won't they let you have a razor blade? They think I'll cut my throat. I keep getting nosebleeds. Ask Alaline if I can have some tissues, would you? I seem to have developed an extraordinary habit of weeping, too. It's nothing to do with remorse before you suggest, sir, or even pain. I think it's a reaction to the extreme pettiness of the Inquisitors. You won't be here much longer. Sarah's pretty, isn't it? even at this time of year. Wonderful in spring and autumn, of course. I shall miss that. 
I've adopted this as my favourite bench. They allow you in the grounds without a guard. Where am I going to go, George? I asked them to take particular care of your physical security. Don't be stuffy. It's better than being cooped up. I walk out here at night when I can't sleep. I've written something down. What I've done and why. It's under my pillow. Wouldn't you rather tell me? Not especially. At Oxford, you know, I was genuinely patriotic. And in the war, it didn't matter what you thought as long as you were fighting the Germans. It was only afterwards that it gradually dawned on me that if England were out of the game, the price of fish would not be altered by a penny. I'd always hated the Americans. After prolonged reflection, I had to admit to myself that if either monolith had to win the day, I would prefer it to be the East. There's a girl in Shepherd's Bush. Jan. Tell her I've gone, will you? No matter what you say, as long as you make it final. I've got a cheque for her here. Oh, well. And clothes, George. I want to arrive looking like someone. Those Moscow tailors are unspeakable. I'll see about it. Bill, about Carla. From about 1950 onwards, I fed him the occasional selected bit of intelligence which I hoped would advance the Russian cause over the Americans. I was scrupulous not to give them anything harmful to ourselves. It was Suez that finished me. After 1956, I was a fully committed, full-time Soviet mole with no holds barred. I became a Soviet citizen in 1961. Over the next ten years, they gave me two medals. Top ones, too. When I was posted permanently to London, they gave me Polyakov to help. Details, Bill. That's what I've written down. All I'm going to tell, anyway. Carla and I realised that control was smelling a rat. Twice he nearly struck gold. Twice I nearly got trapped. It became a race between controls, researches and his health. So Merlin was born. We wanted to make Percy the golden boy and hasten control's demise. And of course it gave Moscow Centre complete control over the product flowing into Whitehall. What about Jim? Jim? You know, George, between the two of us, Jim and I made one marvellous man. He was my other half. You knew control would send him to Czechoslovakia. Can't be sentimental in this trade, George, you understand that? Operation Testify was a fix from the start. Stevchek was real enough. Oh, yes, but his offer wasn't genuine. We needed to be certain control would rise, and how he would rise, and who he would send. Had to be a big gun to make the story stick. Your best friend, Jim. Well, damn it, I got him back, didn't I? Yes. That was good of you. Tell me, did Jim come to see you before he left on that testify mission? Yes, as a matter of fact. He came to warn you, didn't he? To warn you there was a mole in the circus. He was watching your back for you right to the end because he loved you. You know, George, as an artist, I'd said everything I had to say at 17. One has to do something with one's later years. I hope you will remember me with affection. You loved it, didn't you? Standing in the middle of a secret stage, playing world against world, 
hero and playwright all rolled into one. <laughs> what a quaint idea you have of me, George. Is there anything in particular you want me to pass on? To Anne, perhaps? Anne? Oh, you're Anne. That was Carla's idea. He had this notion you were the biggest threat to us. He said you were quite good. Thank you. But you had this one price, he said. Anne. The last illusion of the illusionless man. He said that if I was known to be Anne's lover around the place, you wouldn't see me very straight when it came to other things. Not to strain it or anything, but if it was possible, to join the queue. Point? Point. On the night of Testify, I was to be with her, as a form of insurance. Anne wasn't there, in fact, a small hitch that night. If everything had gone according to plan, the first check bulletin should have broken at 10.30. I'd have had a chance to read the club ticker tape after Sam Collins had rung Anne and before I got to the circus to take over. But because Jim was shot, there was a fumble and the bulletin was released after my club was closed. Lucky nobody followed it up. Which one was I, by the way? Taylor. I was beggar man. You should go now, beggar man. Yes. Yes, I think I will. Bill Hayden couldn't sleep that night. Shortly after midnight, he went out into the Sarratt grounds to his favourite bench to smoke. Show your face. Do that for me at least. You haven't come to make a scene, have you, Jim? No scenes, Bill. Don't you worry about that. Bill Hayden was found on the bench early next morning, his neck broken. It was assumed, at least by Lakin and the minister, that the Russians killed him. As a Soviet citizen, his body was repatriated to Moscow. It was weeks before I made the connection. When I asked George about it, he just gazed at me, Buddha-like. But for myself, at least, I was finally able to put a name and a purpose to the shadowy figure which had followed Smiley through the night streets of Kensington. Hello? Anne, it's George. I'm sorry to disturb you. George? Really? Look... I need to see you. I'm catching the afternoon train. Uh, Immingham station's closed, so I wonder whether you might pick me up from Grimsby. What's happened? I'll tell you when I see you. Will you pick me up? The 610. 610, did you say? This is a dreadful line. And uh, I was wondering... Hello? I, I was wondering if you might be ready to come home. For the rest of that term, young Bill Roach worried about Jim Priddo. Sometimes... When he thought nobody was watching, Jumbo caught Jim staring blankly into the distance, an emptiness in his eyes. Jumbo was gentle with him. After all, they had been new boys together. In time, Jim seemed to respond to treatment. All right, Jumbo. All right, sir. Bill Roach had finally convinced himself that the gun he saw in Jim Priddo's caravan was only a dream. After all.
In part three of Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy by John le Carré, dramatised by Sean McKenna, Smiley was played by Simon Russell Beale and Gwillem by Ewan Bailey. Anne was Anna Chancellor, Control, John Rowe, Prido, Anthony Calf, and Mendel, Kenneth Cranham. Hayden was Michael Feast, Tar, Jamie Foreman, Esterhazy, Sam Dale, The Magyar, Peter Meyer, and Carla, Philip Fox. Polyarkov was Stephen Greif, Bill Roach, Ryan Watson, Steve McElvoy, Piers Weiner, and Mrs. McCraig, Kate Layden. The director was Stephen Canney. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.